0: Thank you very much for pushing me forward because I hadn't been publishing anything in the past because I was a little bit in a, how do you call it, in a, not a writer's blog, but podcasting's block. <laughs> okay.
1: What do you mean that I pushed you? What did I do?
0: Nothing. You gave <laughs> me the motivation to, to okay. make an interview because actually right now you are like my teacher because I listen to your podcast in Italian because I am an Italian learner, and for me, it's really a perfect podcast. It's it's, uh, very short, and it comes every day, and you have many topics. But yeah, you you can tell it afterwards what it is all about.
1: It's great. So you know everything about my private life, because I basically talk about my private life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> For example, I know your cat. It's called Sputnik. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> Naughty.
1: Naughty Sputnik broke my thing, my bilancia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and of course, if you don't feel comfortable with that question, we can just skip it. And... Never happened
1: to me that someone asked me a question that I wasn't comfortable with.
0: <laughs> OK, that is perfect. Uh, you really me.
1: have to really have to. You know, give lots of effort to make me uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> that is pretty cool. Well, I will begin maybe with a little introduction of myself. So, I am Daniel and I come from Switzerland, from the German speaking part of Switzerland. My goal with my fluent podcast is or was to become fluent in English. So, I started in 2016. There was a point in which I started interviewing other people and nowadays I feel comfortable. So I reached my goal in English. The next step will be to do the same thing in Italian. So we will see. (laughs) Could you introduce yourself a little bit and maybe also with a focus on language learning?
1: Yes, uh, my name is Cristina, Cristina Marras, and I study learning language uni. or actually at school and then I studied at uni because I was born in Sardinia in Italy. Sardinia is a semi-remote island in Italy. It's very difficult to get in and out because of the transportation situation. And I always saw learning languages as a way to escape. In fact, after finishing high school, I didn't really know what to do, which uni to choose, and I decided, okay. I learn language, uh, English and German. And then after I have learned the language, I can travel and decide later on what I want to do when I grow up. And uh, I left Italy quite young. I was 19 and I moved to Germany because German was my first language Mm -hmm. that I was studying. And I fell in love with Berlin and I lived there for eight years. Then after the world came down, I didn't like the place anymore and I didn't know where to go. I met a German-Australian photographer, fell in love, moved to Australia, and uh, I stayed there for 23 years with you know different partners uh, in between uh, you know I uh, got married had a child and uh, got my profession I worked as a, a journalist radio journalist and always using the language always using language skills and uh, not so much Italian although yeah I also worked as a translator so I've always been working with languages for me mm, everything is filtered through the lens of languages, and I love languages.
0: Wow, that sounds pretty cool. And so when it comes to your identity, do you see yourself as a Sardinian person or an Italian person, or how do you see yourself?
1: That's a very difficult question, Daniel, because uh, I see myself as an expat. As long as I was living in uh, outside Italy, I felt kind of Italian. And I will go into the Sardinian part later on. But I had, you know, a kind of Italian identity and I was very proud of my accent, my Italian accent, because lots of people, when they move abroad, they try to get rid of their accent almost to Hide, But I was always flaunting it. In fact, sometimes it happened that people told me, oh, Christina, I love your accent. And I, you know, I shocked them. What do you mean? I don't have any accent. And because (laughs) in in Australia, people are very politically correct. They freaked out. Oh, sorry, sorry. And then I said, oh, look, I'm joking. I know that I have an accent. I'm glad that you like it, but, you know, let's try to talk about something else. Uh, Yes, um, I always feel like an expat because uh, I lived almost uh, over half of my life abroad. I always came back to Italy to visit my family, but I was constantly somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I moved back to Italy uh, for good uh, seven years ago, but I still feel an expat because uh, I am different from the other people who live here in Italy. I have other interests. Almost all my friends are somewhere else. And then there is the issue of the Sardinian identity. I grew up in a Sardinian-speaking family. My father and my mother's first language uh, is Sardinian, but they only spoke Italian with me and with my brother because back then in the 70s, it was considered you know, shameful to speak in Sardinian because Sardinian was the language of the poor people, of the peasant people, and so I ended up, I'm fluent in Italian, German, and English, understand a bit of Spanish, and for my entire life I was unable to, to communicate with my grandmother my, from my mother's side. She was illiterate. Uh, she didn't speak any Italian. She only spoke Sardinian. She lived in a village. And uh, I could never talk to her. And when I was living abroad, I really loved her. And so I would uh, call her over the phone when she finally got the phone in the home. And, you know, there were these surreal situations that I was calling from Germany and and say, Hi, Nonna, how are you? And she would say, I'm fine. And so far I understood. But then I didn't understand what she said. I couldn't speak Sardinian. So there were these... uh, long silences and giggling, and yeah. uh, and so my, fa- my I mean, at at certain stage of my life, I was very, very, very angry with my mother. I said, why didn't you teach me Sardinian? Now, I understand that she didn't know any better, and she really thought that she was doing something good for us, that she was giving us tools to go ahead, Italian, because back then, people didn't believe that kids could be perfectly bilingual. That wasn't either or, but... I could have mm-hmm. learned both languages, but you know, so I, I would like to feel more Sardinian, but uh, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I pretty loved that episode about your grandma uh, when I listened to that episode and it, it struck a chord with me and, and uh, maybe also because, yeah, I, I, can, I can feel you in a way. I have a, a grandmother from Argentina. Well, I, I can speak the language, but I am not proficient. So there, there is the possibility to communicate, but nevertheless, sometimes I felt that there is a barrier between us because we didn't speak at the same level and yeah, it's amazing how you produce your podcast and actually i think you you began with three no not three <laughs> 3 minuti crezi uh, 2 years ago and you told in the episode that it was supposed to be an experiment right because you, you began the introduction by saying it's an experiment but now i think you are 500 episodes in almost 500?
1: 497 I think (laughs) was today.
0: (laughs) So can you maybe tell us a little bit about your podcast? What is it about?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So I have to start saying that usually when I do podcasts, I am uh, uh, really really precise uh, I write a script and then I work a lot on soundscape on everything so it takes me hours to do one minute of you know the podcast really so and this is the way I work because I work as a podcaster and uh, this is okay but it's a bit um, uh, difficult sometimes because I would like to do something quick and also when I started doing the Tre Minuti grezi I didn't have anything in Italian. I do almost entirely my podcast and production in English because there is a bigger market of people who can understand English but yeah. I really wanted to do something in Italian. I didn't know what to do and I thought okay let's experiment. Let's use this uh, uh, thing in Italian as a way also to push my boundaries because uh, I know what I'm good at, and I'm good at script and soundscape, all this stuff, but I'm not so good at improvising in front of the mic because I want to, everything to be very, very, very precise. So I started with the Tre Minuti grezzi, like an experiment, like throwing myself from a plane without a parachute. And that's exactly my attitude. <clears throat> Sorry. when I, uh, uh, It's a daily uh, podcast, and already this is really taunting because uh, although it's only three minutes long and I don't do any preparation, nothing written, nothing at all. I just, you know, and you can tell because unlike my usual podcast, there are lots of, ah, mm, there is no music, there is no production whatsoever. But because I have many friends abroad, I also want to translate into English and I want not just to translate (laughs) it but also to subtitle it. So I produce this three minutes in Italian that with a transcript in Italian for usability and in English with the translation in English and then this uh, gets transformed into a video with subtitles so that people can uh, listen to in Italia and read as it goes along in English and uh, it takes me when I started doing the uh, Tre Minuti Grezi it took me about two hours every episode and now I have uh, really my system to the second to the millisecond it takes me less than one hour for one episode so i get up in the morning i go through my emails i get ideas and then as i said i don't write anything in front of the mic and i talk about whatever i can Uh, there are a couple of rules that i've set to myself i don't do i don't talk about topical things so i want them to be okay to be listened to forever like they are not time linked to any big episode that happens or I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about news. I talk more about uh, generic topics and can be anything, anything that really... touched me in a way. I remember I did an episode about uh, I was going through a street and there was this woman, she was obviously a foreigner woman, a a worker that works, you know, one from Ukraine that works with all elderly people in Italy, uh, a carer, and she was having a lunch on a bench and 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 as I was walking by I saw that she took this bottle and she realized in that moment that she didn't have a bottle opener. And uh, and I stood there looking at her. And because I know how to open a bottle of beer with a uh, lighter, I learned and, you know, when I was young and I drank lots of beer and I used to smoke <laughs> as well. I m- My husband back used to smoke and he was with me. So oh, give me your lighter. What do, you, what do you need it for? Don't worry. I got a lighter and I asked her, do you want me to help you? She didn't speak Italian, but I made the sign. You know, there was obvious that I wanted to help her open this bottle of uh, soft drink. And so I opened her the bottle and I gave it to her and she was so happy and I felt so happy because she was having a lunch and she was drinking something and uh, and the day after I did my 3 minute just saying, oh, you know what happened to me? I was walking by and this woman, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, it's also a way for me to keep a, a diary. and yeah, And in yeah. fact, sometimes... I listen back to my episodes and say, oh, I completely forgot that I talked about that. So it's also a good memory for me to keep a diary of things that happen. And in the description of the podcast, I talk about big, big stuff, but in a very easygoing way. And then I talk about very, you know, tiny things, banality, but in a more serious way. And yeah, that's a bit my attitude.
0: And how many takes does it take to... To make one episode, do you make just one try and then you just go with it? There's no try.
1: What you heard is what it is. I don't do any, 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 any editing. The only editing that I do is cut at three minutes exact. And usually this is where at the, towards the end in the episode yeah. you sometimes you you can say that because you know I've got five seconds to go I have to say something but five seconds are not long enough to say something new so that's the only juggling that I do but never ever 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 any editing what okay. do you what do you listen to is my first and only take and you know that's my my challenge to yeah. be. <laughs> you know, entertaining and also to use the time wisely because three minutes is uh, OK, but it's also a long time because you have to talk about something that makes sense with a start, a middle and an end. And mm-hmm. uh, as I said, if you have finished to say whatever you wanted to say uh, and you still have 20 seconds, that's big. But I've always been very good at uh, talking. I used to do uh, to work in radio when I lived in Melbourne. I worked for over 10 years as a radio journalist. I had my daily program. Uh, so I'm good at chatting and, you know, talking so about anything.
0: <laughs> do you think this is a skill that anyone can pick up or that anyone can practice to do, maybe? Uh, or, look, or did, uh, did you be- become even better after almost 500 episodes?
1: I've always loved talking to people. In fact, in one of my email address is uh, Talk to me at so and so. Uh, I always loved talking to people, talking to strangers. I approach people and I just chatter away. I was born like that. and <laughs> I think that if you are a very shy person, there are some exercises that you can do and you can get better. But really, you have to have a inner uh, need to do so. Yeah. Mind you, when I do vox pop, when I go and do interviews and stop people in the street, uh, sometimes I do vox pop. It's you know there is always this moment that okay, who do I who, who who whom do I stop? How do I approach? But you know, basically, I love talking to people. I'm the person that when I'm at the waiting room at the doctor. I, you know, okay. oh, how are you? Or when, I t- when I meet the people in the elevator, I'm always, uh, how are you? What was your day? Oh, I like your blouse. Are ah, you going to the shopping? So I'm always chatting, very so chatty person.
0: This might have helped you also in your language learning journey, right? It helped you to, well, to become uh, fluent uh, in many languages.
1: Yeah, funny enough, but I studied the languages and I approached the language learning very. Uh, you know, with a method. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was studying German, I was really a good student. Because, like, as you, you know, you speak German, you know that German, unlike yes. English, is a, a language with lots of rules, but everything has got a rule. So if you learn all the rules, you can speak perfectly. In fact, when I was living in Berlin, my German was really excellent. I had a strong accent, of course, but I have a very, very good grasp of the language. In English, I lived 23 years in Melbourne, and I still, you know, my son, uh, his, his first language is English, and sometimes I say, Mama, you don't say that in English. It's not wrong, but you don't say that. <laughs> because in English, doesn't matter how long you've been learning it, but there is always this uh, fingerspitze gefühl, this uh, mm-hmm. thing, this uh, sensibility of the native speaker that uh, I cannot tell you why is wrong, wrong, but we wouldn't say that if you were native speaker. So uh yeah i I was always learning in fact recently during the COVID lockdown when i was very bored i started learning i tried to start learning japanese because i love the japanese culture (laughs) i you know i sometimes i still taking on and off on and off with you know the apps but uh, i don't have the motivation because i don't live there and always when i was learning a language i moved in the country to you know to learn it but as an adult, it's very, very difficult and also without a structure, without a teacher, without, you know, the lessons. So I'm a very structure, structured person and I like to do the things, you know, properly, precise. I'm a bit of a control freak. That was also a reason why the 3 minuti Grezi is such a challenge for me because I'm really a control freak, you know. <laughs> I want to have everything. Yeah. I must know everything, how it works and why and control.
0: I mean, being perfect when it comes to learning a language, this can destroy you, right? Because, yeah, it's, it's difficult to to not making any mistakes.
1: That's something that I always tell when people ask me, oh, uh, give me you know suggestion how to learn English. Because yeah, in Italy, you might know people are crazy. They all, all want to learn English, English, English. And I say, okay, one advice, get rid of your grammar. What do you mean? forget your grammar because if you are uh, born in Italy, went through the school system in Italy, you started doing English basically in uh, uh, even before primary school, you know, childcare, they already start learning and in Italy, people they learn so much grammar that they are paralyzed. They are yeah. unable to speak. I, I met so many Italians in Australia. Uh, you know, people with degrees in English, and then we might go to a coffee coffee shop. Oh, Cristina, you no, you do it. And I always say, look, what is the worst case that can happen? They don't understand you. They ask you to repeat it. And, uh, you know, a language is there to communicate. Uh, People don't care about grammar. In in Australia, grammar is not a subject at school. You study grammar if you want to become a philologist or if you want to teach, you know, you don't learn grammar because grammar is something that holds you back Is a shorthand if you know what a noun is, if you know what an adjective is. It's easier because all adjectives behave like that, but that's it. You shouldn't be, you know, trying to remember. And people here are really paralyzed, and that's why lots of Italians, they don't speak English, because they are scared. But that's the school system it's not just in English with languages it's more obvious but with everything the school system in Italy makes you scared of they don't see mistakes as uh, uh, learning steps learning you know mistake as something horrible I think it's got to do with a Catholic uh, uh, upbringing (laughs) what do you think
0: it was the same in my case in Switzerland and I grew up in a district where they are very Catholic <laughs> so, and <laughs> we go. learned a lot of grammar rules and I had very good grades, but finally I, I was not able to speak fluently. So th- this was quite depressing to me. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: look, when I when I moved to Australia, I had uh, already studied English, uh, In high school, I did university. English was my second language, and I arrived in Melbourne, and I lived in a in a a shared house with other people, and I was the only person who spoke Italian. And I was, as I said, very, very, very good at school. I graduated, you know, with very high marks, uh, summa cum laude, everything. So I was really good. I could read everything, and it took me eight months to understand and to communicate with people because. I could not understand a mm. word of what people I could really was very, very difficult for me day to day shopping, uh, because I I could produce, I could, you know, very elaborate sentences. But in the moment that they replied to me, I was, excuse me, can you repeat, please? Uh, was mm-hmm. really frustrating, but uh, funny enough, uh, the frustration is the strongest motivation you know, to be in a circle of friends and you have something s- you think so clever to say, and you really master the courage to say something, but by the time you say it, uh, people have already, the conversation has already moved, uh, and you feel like a fool. <laughs> you yeah. never, you know, it happened to me so much that you are there and you want to say something, but you cannot say because. By the time you have the sentence for <laughs> perfectly in your mind, people have already moved on because that's how naturally conversation works. People just, you know, go from here to there. And it's uh... but the frustration is the only motivation that really Oh, I have to do better. I have to do better.
0: And what do you think, Christina? Do we have way more opportunities these days, for example, there are many podcasts out there where we can learn. For example, English is the perfect example because there are so many resources out there. And I mean, 10 years ago, there was almost no podcast in uh, Italian or in French, and it's just so great. And sometimes I I think I I wish I had that when when I was a child. Right. Because back then I, I had maybe one cassette. (laughs) <laughs> and, and yeah. I had to to play it a uh, hundred times. And these days yeah. you can just uh, search for anything you like about any topic. And, yeah, look, and sometimes Daniel, it, you are... it, it's like overwhelming also, because sometimes I think there are too many resources and we can't Yeah, of focus. missing out. <laughs> yes.
1: Look, uh, Daniel, you are absolutely right, because, uh, yeah, podcast is amazing. And in fact, now that I live in Italy, I can keep my English language and my German language. I, you know, listen to lots of podcasts in those languages. And also television, think Netflix, uh, uh, watching oh, yes. everything with subtitles. And uh, because I cannot watch something that has been dubbed, and my husband is not as fluent in English, so we watch everything with subtitles. And it's perfect. And kids are so lucky. I mean, from this point of view, from other point of view, kids are not lucky because uh, when I was a child, uh, I finished school, I arrived home, closed the room the door of my room and I you know was free. Today you have to perform 24/7 because yeah. uh, you are on social, you you know you have all the extra activities and people expect from you so much more. So that's really not so nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe let's talk about an app that you also mentioned in one of your episodes. I think it's called Anyone, I think. I can't remember correctly. Yes,
1: Anyone. Yes. I haven't used it for a while now. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, I'm 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 such a gullible person. Every time that something new comes, I have to buy it. I have to try it. I'm an early adopter of Everything. And uh, yes, it's this amazing app that you download and then you give your availability. And uh, when you are available, anyone can contact you and uh, you talk with this person on the phone. You don't see the person. You can only hear the voice. And I think it's five minutes, exactly five minutes. And you don't know anything about this person. And it's like, you know, Russian roulette. Beautiful, beautiful. And I had so beautiful conversations with people. Most of the people, uh, probably because uh, it was early days when I started using it, I should try again. Most of the people that I talked to were people who were working in tech. Uh, lots of women as well, which was good. And yeah, it's nice. Uh, someone on the other side of the world. And uh, yeah, yeah, what's your name? What do you do? What do you think of this? And it's fantastic you know I love talking to strangers and this was like you know an app thought just you know with me in mind because it's beautiful beautiful beautiful
0: and I think there's also the possibility to choose between different topics and even specific questions that you then can focus on yes during the call which is yes. really great because sometimes When I tried to, to have like an, an exchange in the language learning, uh, how do you call it Uh, setting setting? Exactly. Then sometimes it's difficult to get it started because you don't know what to talk about or, or maybe it's just boring or it, it doesn't match and. With this app, yeah, you can also say, I like this, I like that. I want to talk about that. And, and yeah, as you said, it's just five minutes and well, it's, it's not a language learning app, we have to, to say that. And I have to admit that I didn't get the courage so far to try it <laughs> because oh, you haven't I, tried I, yet? I am not, I am not like you because I am very, very introverted. I am very shy. And to me <laughs> it's, it's horror to talk with strangers. Right. Oh. And and so these days not anymore because I am enjoying the time with you, for example, right now, but I remember when I started out with my phone podcast, I was so scary and I was literally trembling because I was not used to it, but it helped me to become fluent. And now, even in, in, in my, uh, mother tongue. Or where I live it's becoming easier yeah talk co- with strangers <laughs>
1: yeah so you really put yourself through lots of uh, you know hard time you gave yourself another time Daniel why did you choose this path you wanted to push yourself you wanted to
0: yes conquer? because because I always loved languages But I learned it in a very passive way by reading books and so on. And I was not able to speak. And that's why I decided to to just, yeah, to push myself. And then I was like forced to do it. And in the beginning, I scripted everything, every line. And then I took uh, baby steps, little by little. It grew and then all of a sudden, I was able to interview people and I was a podcast lover. I still am. I listen to a lot of podcasts and then I invited my my go to podcasts and my favorite podcasters. So in a way, I had my idols with me there as as my English teacher. (laughs) So that's clever. Such
1: a clever way to to learn a language and obviously it works on many levels because you conquer your fear of talking to strangers you learn obviously the language very well uh you practice podcasting and you got to speak with the people that you like perfect
0: yes next step
1: italian now
0: yes that's right and i have an interview with a teacher who wrote a book, but yeah, I still have to fix the date for the interview, but I am a little bit scared, but I need more practice. I need more listening to your podcast in Italian. And then this will help <laughs> me. <laughs>
1: have you noticed, Daniel, that uh, I do a localized translation? I don't translate uh, it uh, literally. I always try to adapt it because I know that uh, the people who don't live in Italy or in Cagliari sometimes who don't know what is this thing so I adapt so that people understand so it's not a perfect literal yeah. translation. I hope that it so, works.
0: Yeah, it, it works perfectly. So how do you go about it? Do you translate on your own?
1: I use several apps. I use the app for a trans- for, uh, to do the transcript and then uh, I usually throw the transcript in Italian into an app like Google Translate, also other apps as well. And then I, you know, go through it while I'm listening to make sure that uh, every, you know, and changing whatever needs to be changed. And uh, then I uh, have an app to create the uh, the text in form of subtitles. So, so that when I then put together the Italian voice with the English text they are synchronized and they fit exactly and you can literally listen to the Italian words and at the same time you see the English translation there, synchronized. C'è qualcosa di incredibilmente buffo ma anche tenero a guardare i pinguini che si muovono, soprattutto i pinguini imperiali, con il loro bel pancione che avanzano di d'innoculati in queste distese di ghiaccio. So, yeah, I use uh, two, three different app, programs, but, as I said, now I've streamlined it in a way that really everything... At the beginning took me two hours, now about one hour. I'm aware of the fact that when you do a podcast, uh, I don't know how you go, how you do, uh, Daniel, but they say that you should use uh, 30% production and 70% uh, promotion. I'm very bad at pro- promoting. I have, you mm. know, I I publish three Minuti grezi on Spreaker and then automatically goes on YouTube and on Twitter and I don't do any advertisement. I, you know, I don't yeah, have time, it's, literally, because it's you a know, pity. I also have a life.
0: <laughs> because it's really great. Yeah. I think a lot of times, yeah, it has to do with the promoting you have to promote and otherwise it gets lost because there are so many resources out there. Yeah. And we didn't talk about your real project because you yourself, you said it's just an experiment. So uh, where, where do you see this experiment? Will you continue? And what about the other projects?
1: Yes, yes. I, I started again in January. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll go until the end of the year. And uh, so I finished in December. What I usually do is uh, I create um, podcasts, but I don't know how to call them, uh, audio production. I uh, just finished a, a big work with the Italian University where they gave me, it was an amazing project. They gave me 10 uh, scientific papers. And I mean scientific, really okay. <laughs> hard stuff uh, about subjects that I didn't know anything about. There was one about uh, uh, the kind of uh, material that I use uh, to fix uh, stone that are old and what kind of chemical things, really complicated mm-hmm. formula about subjects that I didn't know anything about. And uh, from each of these uh, 10 scientific papers, uh, I create a two-minute fictional story. And this we are presented uh, in a day that they had to promote scientific research to... Encourage people to make them curious, basically, and uh, all this it was so much fun because uh, not only I came up with ten fictional stories, but I also make every story different in in the way it was told. So, for example, they are very lyrical. Some other like stand-up comedian, and really all very, 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 very different. And this is the work that I usually do that takes me forever you know first of all just uh, envisioning thinking Mm -hmm. going through the material sometimes I had to go through 20 30 pages of research uh, about subject that I didn't know anybody anything about it I didn't care just to find to grab words that you know inspire me for example this one that I told you about there was a paper about the walls how to repair walls blah 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 the story that I told that I imagine is this man that had this uh, power that when he went with his fingers Uh, touching the walls he could tell the stories about the people who lived there (sighs) and this man he was blind Uh, some people say that he was blind because he touched too much of uh, dangerous stuff and the fumes made him blind Mm. other people said that he was blind because he got too close to the ferries and uh, this man went from home to home and everybody loved having him around because with his fingers everyone loved listening to their own stories told by, with the words of this man that touched the wall. So this is an example of And uh, just stuff. in two and minutes. Then, you know, with all the sound design. Yes, yes, absolutely two minutes. Uh, and and uh, another uh, work that I did last year was for uh, the Goethe Institute in Milan. They took care of the um, uh, German pavilion at the uh, Triennale Milano. And uh, I created... Uh podcast and vox pop and teasers to promote the pavilion and there went lots of work as well because you know you have to think what can i do something that can speak to people who already know the triennale who don't know what it is about people who know the goethe institute and really cater for all these kind of needs and uh, yes i'm i'm really lucky because usually people contact me And they come across something that I have done and say, oh, Mm -hmm. would you like to work for us? And I say, yes, I would like to work for
0: you. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, podcasting is so brilliant and so beautiful and it brings a lot of different positive elements, Uh, yeah, at least in in my case, yeah, because I also get in touch with people or I become friends with people from, from all around the world. And it's just amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you're right, Daniel. Uh, podcasting is such a great community. I don't know whether it's because it's a young community compared to many others, but I have met so many beautiful, amazing, generous people. Uh, sometimes just through a, a tweet or a comment that I left, and then you know, as you said, we took it from there. We became friends. We yeah. visited each other, and then this small community. It, I, I often, or oh, when I can, I go around uh, when there are um, festival, podcasting festival, and so and and we see each other a couple of times a year. And it's beautiful and it's really very warm. And there is, I don't see this jealousy that I see so many other aspects of professional life. And everyone is so generous sharing knowledge Time, yeah, advice. Oh, this has been my experience, really. An amazing, beautiful community. And at every level, you know, if a, if a person yeah. who just took the mic or uh, people who have been doing it forever, and that, as you said, I consider, you know, my role <laughs> models and I love them. And they reply to my messages and, you know, we talk to each other and say, oh my God, so beautiful. I love, <laughs> you know, there's nothing else that I would like doing in my life then what I do now.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This would be a a dream come true if I could make a living out of it, right? Because in my case, what I do for a living has nothing to do, whether about language learning or podcasting. So it's really boring stuff at the office. So yeah. And you 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 cannot, (laughs) you
1: don't manage to, you know, Oh, mind you, I do also other stuff for a living because I have, say, two, three big projects a year. But then in between people, schools are calling me to teach podcast and communication. Oh, That's cool. And it's, yeah. you know, uh, it's lovely to teach podcasting to young kids. I I do lots of listening and I always say, look, I, I, I won't tell, I, I won't teach you, you know, what is the best mic or stuff like that, because... It's important to an extent, and this stuff you can pick, you know, anywhere, you know, tutorials on YouTube. What I'll teach you is how to listen, and uh, I'll teach you how to pick the different things that you have to be aware of to see whether it's a good podcast, what works for you, and also uh, to, yeah, basically active listening and to take care, to, you know, mm-hmm. to be attentive to the different layers, uh, especially when. The podcast is built on different layers that you listen to different, you know, several times and so, and they love it. And of course, they also love when I uh, throw them uh, on the street, go and do interviews, and I, you know, teach them the tricks of the trade. Because as I said I work as a journalist for many years, so there are, you know, the tricks of the trade. As I said always interview the person, you know. Uh, flamboyant, wearing a hat, or you know, with very bright mm-hmm. colors, because those are the people who <laughs> you know like talking and uh, don't go to the person who has already you know the headphones listening yeah. to something, <laughs> and uh, keep the mic in a way not in their face. You know, it must be a extension of your arm so they will forget that it's there, and you know, tricks of the trade.
0: So, are you also a coach, uh, like a personal coach? Do you? Uh, what do you mean personal
1: Uh, as i said i teach communication and uh uh, but mm, uh, i do like uh uh, workshops and uh, master classes Mm. of communications and uh, podcasting and again i didn't really think myself about teaching this stuff but when i came back to uh sardinia to italy seven years ago i realized that uh, My uh, knowledge and my expertise is quite specific because I started doing podcasts and broadcasting, you know, 20 years ago and in English, in an English speaking country like Australia, that is very much in line with, you know, the States and UK and they are 15 years ahead compared to Italy in terms of podcasting and uh, uh, how many people listen to but you know the sheer numbers uh, if you do anything in English you have a world audience Uh, whatever I do in Italian uh, you know there are 60 million people living in Italy if uh, these two millions of people listen to podcasts in Italy of these people probably three like my podcast I don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) and can you tell us where can you can we find your podcasts?
1: Uh, you find all the links on my website, uh, Christina Marras, double R, uh, S and the end, dot com. And there you, you find all the links to Three Raw Minutes, uh, three Minuti Grezzi, uh, row because they are unedited and unprepared. And uh, then I am on all the socials uh, on Instagram. I am addressaprox and then uh, Christina Marras on uh, uh, Twitter. I'm quite easy to find. If you, if you type <laughs> Christina Marras, uh, I'm a bit everywhere because I produce, you know, just the sheer number of uh, uh, podcasts a day with three Minuti Grezzi. It's like, you know... Pff all over the place. Uh, Yeah.
0: And I will, of course, also put the links in the show notes and actually, yeah, actually I, (laughs) I am trying to do also like my own version of Tre Minuti Grezzi in Italian, but uh, I haven't published yet. I, I just record myself about a topic and that is like my method, right? So. Right now, I have uh, the first method is listening to Italian, to your podcast. And the second one is recording myself and then trying to figure out how I could say it in a better way.
1: It's but I haven't published
0: because because I I have a lot of ums, right? (laughs)
1: Look, I give you I give you uh, uh, just as you were uh, talking, I had uh, a thought. What you could do, because as I said, I publish uh, in the notes of every uh, episode the the transcript in Italian and in English. You can listen and see, you know, what you understand. Otherwise, you go and pick, okay, what does it mean? And so on. And then every day, you could reply to my tre minuti grezzi in Italian. Because uh, a big burden is to think, okay, what do I talk about? But if you already have something to talk about, you are replying to whatever I was talking about. And you have also a bit of vocabulary because uh, just, you know, going through the transcript, you have the main terms, uh, what I've been talking about. And so you could challenge yourself, uh, uh, not to publish, of course, but just, you know, to challenge yourself uh, uh, to see how you go Mm -hmm. uh, talking about, you know, uh, an answer, reply, or a comment on my... the comment on my three row minutes. So you wouldn't have to be there, oh, what do I talk about? Because I'll give you the topics.
0: That is an excellent idea. And maybe I should publish because this gives you the extra boost because when, yeah, I, when I started out with my own podcast, this was also like a motivation boost to, to know that maybe someone else in the world is listening to you. And then <laughs> you give up one hundred percent
1: that's that's yeah yes. that, you're right. Uh, look, I know that I have uh, i said I don't do much of marketing. I have about ten very, very very faithful listeners slash friends, and then sometimes out of the blue, I have fifty sixty people that listen to me in one day, and I don't know who they are. I realized that sometimes when you are listening from the app, then they roll up one after the other. And in fact, I had this idea uh, to search for a place like a bar, a cafe, a restaurant, and to Mm -hmm. have uh, uh, 3 by twenty-four, three 3 minuti grezzi, 24 hours, because I have now over 24 hours of recording in all <laughs> the uh, you know if you take all the imagine people can come and go and have a drink listen and chat yeah. and uh, for 24 hours you know <laughs> a marathon of uh, 3 minuti greggi by Cristina they would be so much fun, uh, you know, because yes, you don't yes. have to listen all the time. But you know, just you know, a back noise, and then you talk with the people, and you meet other people who maybe didn't know about treminuti grezi. Yeah, I'd love to do
0: it. Or you, you could do like a like an Italian course, right? Because <laughs> it's it's like the base, and then there is like a vocabulary list, and then the students have to to also give an answer. They have to to record themselves. And yeah, <laughs> this would be <laughs> yeah, amazing. Look, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of uh, uh, live performance, no, not live, but, you know, performance. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm not teaching. Um, it's, it's just too much work teaching, really language, language, because uh, I know that it's uh, uh, as a teacher is uh, really you have to to, you know to practice a lot uh, and uh, yeah but you know why not uh, we could uh, we could even do something together i could even come and do something uh, in your cantone you know where,
0: where, yes. where you live and i wanted to ask you maybe uh, would it be possible in the future but not now but maybe in 3 months or so that we could do a second interview in italian
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I'm here. I'm really very, very, very happy to okay. you know be part of this and I love and uh, my, my voice is different when I speak in Italian and and you as well. You know, when you speak other languages than English, you, you might have realized that uh, yeah, when I yeah, listen yeah, to absolutely. you again. My voice is completely and... different when I speak in Italian. <laughs>
0: And it may, made me laugh in one of your episodes. You said that when you are angry, you switch to English, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. my I didn't realize my son said, Mama, when, you speak, when you're angry with me, you, you speak in English. It's true. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I don't know, you know, something that weird. But yeah, you're right, because language is uh, linked to so many so many things as you were saying before that it takes such a long time to learn the language but sometimes more than the language is the culture, is what the language represents I've worked many years as a translator and sometimes the easiest terms, the the most common terms are the most difficult to translate into another language that has a different culture where they don't have that institution, they don't have that way of doing things, uh, uh, think about, you know, in Italian fare brutta figura is when you do something that is shameful, but it's not shameful in a way that you shame yourself, you shame your community, you shame your, you know, your family, it's, it's not something religious, it's really something so intrinsically Italian, yeah. this concept of bella figura, brutta it, it figura. it only and, exists you know, in that-
0: Italian in Italy
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> so and, uh, you have really you know of course you can explain in another language but uh, you have to really write a same. paragraph explaining what it yeah. is and what is not yes
0: I almost forgot because I wanted to ask you if you have a favorite expression or a favorite word or a favorite saying it could be in English or in Italian
1: yes it is in Sardinian is uh, ayo written A-Y-O and Ayo in Sardinian means uh, come on let's go Uh, but also many other things and I've chosen this word because sometimes something very annoying happens that uh, people from Italy, they come here on holiday in Sardinia because Sardinia is really an amazing place, really. I've traveled all over the world and I can tell you I've been spoiled because, you know, I might be on the fi- in the Fiji island or in Thailand or some beautiful places in Australia. And they are really beautiful places, but if you were born in Sardinia, yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> and, and some so lots of people come to Sardinia uh, on holiday and Italian, also France, and then they start saying, Ayo, 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 and uh, people in Sardinia resent it a bit because it feels like, you know, you are, today you would say, appropriating. Uh, and uh, But it's one of my favorite words because. Uh, <laughs> It means so many different things depending on uh, the way that you pronounce it, uh, the gesture that you do, the context, uh, and it's really easy on on your tongue. It sounds almost Arabic. Ayo, 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 and easy to learn. And I love it. It's passport two.
0: Passport two. Yeah, it's great. Very cool. Thank you so much. It was really great chatting with you. And. I hope that I get the courage to really ask you again for the interview in Italian.
1: <laughs> Look, uh, Daniel, I'm a very precise person, and as soon as we finish this conversation, I will set in my <laughs> calendar. We are, you know, May, June, July, August, August, September. I will, if yes. you don't do it before, I will contact you and I ask you for an interview. I ask <laughs> yes. you, give me my interview in Italian. <laughs> Daniel, intervistami in italiano, dai, dobbiamo parlare in italiano la prossima volta.
0: Sì, sì, dobbiamo parlare la prossima. Grazie. Grazie (ride) a te.